Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Monergy Life. I'm so pleased to be back on the air after a rather extended summer vacation. And who best to have as my first guest in a series of three episodes but my very good friend and spiritual mentor, John Gallo, who will be joining us uh, any minute now. Uh, You know, John has become such a good friend of mine in the last few years, and the conversations that we're able to have about spirituality, self-awareness, and just about life in general have really become an an integral part of my life, Uh, not to mention the amazing amount that I've learned and hopefully shared some information with John, too. And what an eventful summer it's been for all of us, uh, looking around at the world events that we're subjected to on a daily basis and all the demands that are placed on us every day. I thought it could not be more fitting for us to have a starting off topic for today's episode of increasing everyday consciousness. Uh, here is John. Yes. was really bad, so he's going to try calling back again. As I was saying, uh, as the times have progressed and each of us today are, is subjected to so many um, so many things to deal with every day. There is John again. Let me try and bring him on the air without all the static. Hold on, folks. Hello, John. Hey, Robert. How are you? Well, that's much better, don't you think? Oh, now I can hear you, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was just telling the audience uh, as I was waiting for you to call in that um, this is the first episode after a rather extended summer vacation that I've taken from Blog Talk Radio. And I'm so pleased to have you as the first guest in a three-part series. And, you know, talking to the folks in the audience about how each of us these days is – really subjected to so many demands on a daily basis. I thought that it would be very fitting for us to use as a starting off point for our discussion today about increasing everyday consciousness. What do you think about that, John? Well, I think that that's a a very important uh, subject, especially at these times where where the earth, uh, if you would notice how faster time is moving. Uh, There's a lot of new energies uh, coming through uh, the universe into the Earth's atmosphere, and it's speeding things up. Uh, Look at how fast we are again into the holiday season. And it's speeding up more and more, and this is affecting how everybody responds to everything else in the material realm. I couldn't agree with you um, more, and um, it's only um, more reason why we could hopefully share some information to make every day better for our listeners. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm just getting over a bit of a cold, so I hope the audience will acknowledge that and forgive me a little. But um, it's so important to um, build upon what you just said and, and offer our listeners some help in coping with the speeded up life of every day, what are some things that come to your mind when you think about that? In other words, how can we help people to cope better with everything that just seems to be happening faster? Well, I think that the most important thing that we can uh, attune to and evolve is our spiritual selves. Uh, We are all spiritual beings. 
having an experience in a vehicle called the body, the human experience, if you will. But that human experience is transient, like everything else in this material world. Look at what time you woke up, Robert. Uh, what time did you get up this morning? 7, 7.30? Uh, a little bit later, John, about 9. Boy, you're a, you're, you're a lucky f- person, Robert. <laughs> 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 okay, you're very lucky. But, okay, so 9.30, let's say 9 o'clock. Uh, look at the, now it's 6 o'clock in the afternoon, okay? Mm-hmm. What happened to that time? Well, that's a it's good question. Gone, I'm not sure it? I know. <laughs> it's gone. It doesn't here. You can't touch that time. It doesn't exist anymore, except you can go back because you are a spiritual being and you can probably recreate your point, what you thought the experience moment by moment by moment. It's not what happened. You're recreating it in your imagination But that time basically is gone. It does not exist. And this is basically the whole theater called life, the material world. And so the key to be able to be in it and not be affected by it is by coming to get attuned to our own infinite spiritual selves, our true identity. So... I would say that the most important thing to be able to deal with all of the life's uh, experiences and challenges, if you will, is being to be able to identify ourselves as a spiritual being having this human experience, which is like a theater, which I like to call the theater called life. Right. You know, I think at this point it might be interesting to introduce a few concepts that you and I have spoken about at great length. Uh, most of the events that are taking place in the world and that um, and that seem to derail people are happening in what you and I, John, have called the third dimension, right? Yes. Now, let's describe for our audience what we mean by the third dimension so we can give them a little bit of perspective as to how how it is possible to, to experience these events without being sucked into them? Well, uh, you know, the most important thing is to know that we are spiritual beings, that are the other parts of us resides in other dimension, high vibratory dimensions, which is our true uh, essence, our being. Okay, so in order to experience the material human Uh, experience we need a vehicle and that vehicle is the body okay so the body vehicle has a uh, five senses but are limited to this dimension the third dimension if you will and so in order to uh, be able to move yourself from this third dimensional experience you have to Uh, come into, and one of the best ways to do it is by meditation, is to come, uh, which is what uh, in in India they call yoga, is to be able to uh, align yourself or merge yourself with your spiritual self. Because that spiritual self of yours resides in the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth. Because we are multidimensional beings, but we forget that as soon as the spirit hits the body to have this third-dimensional human experience. Right. So in other words, and we're going to be talking about this a little bit more because I think it, it merits it, the third dimension is what most people consider to be reality, and that's it. Most people just think the external events, the way things look, are the way things are, period, end of story. So you and I are suggesting to the audience today and to whoever tunes into this episode later that there are multi-dimensions to the experience that are are possible. Correct. Uh, Because uh, it's very difficult uh, to 
get out of the third dimensional thinking and reality because we are so mesmerized with everything of this outer world. And so the only way to do that is to go within yourself, get in touch with that uh, spiritual essence that we each are, and develop those what we call the spiritual senses because the same thing that we have in the the, uh, material senses we have those same spiritual senses but we have to first admit that it exists because if you cannot admit that it exists you'll never find them okay and then work through meditation to develop them I agree totally now I I might also add another um another concept to our discussion of the third dimension, which broadens it a bit. And that and it certainly complements what you just said, which is most people experience the things in their daily life in a third dimensional capacity. And everyone is being bombarded by all these images about what reality is. Now, John, we've discussed many times that in the course of your day and in my day, we meet people who are very upset by things that are happening in far off places like Syria, like China, like Africa. What do you say to people who get bent out of shape by these events happening all over the world? What's an alternative to being upset by these events? How could one look at it from a different perspective? That each and every one of us is experiencing that which we came here in and took the body for. It could be that we're trying to transcend a past life actions or event. We're trying to experience a new uh, emotion of feeling in the third dimension in the body which to me is, uh, I look at the world like a video game. We come, we take up a body, and we play this role in the family and the jobs and the, what we're doing. And so we, we, we want to experience this, uh, whatever it is that we're choosing. So, yes, there could be somebody uh, killing somebody in another world or here in the United States But in order to have the experience of somebody killing, you have to have somebody the victim. But that victim is only the victim in the third dimensional body vehicle, which is once they get killed, the body gets killed, but the being continues to be infinitely. So once you're able to look at life from a spiritual vantage point, it really doesn't have the importance because life in itself in the third dimension is transient. It has no permanence. But we as the beings that are having this experience, our true essence is infinite. It doesn't, energy does not get destroyed. And we're packets of self-aware energy. And that's something that quantum physics and quantum mechanics has now been able to point out uh, in a better manner. Right. Let me add to what you just said for our viewers who might find some of what you said a little unnerving and perhaps not palatable, which is that it is a process to get to the point where you can view events like random killings in such a fashion because the typical way to view these events is that they're tragic events. That's a third-dimensional point of view on a killing, like a random school killing or killings in the Middle East. Isn't that correct, John? That the third-dimensional approach would be, what a tragedy, and let's wring our hands about it, let's be sad about it. What you're suggesting is perhaps quite radical, but so soothing if one can get on the process of looking at things that way, that everything happens for a reason and everyone takes the body, as you said, a wide variety of human emotions and human experiences. When you view events from that standpoint, there are no good or bad events. There are just events. Correct. Because the way that I, okay, my concept of God, okay, 
uh, which I alone like to call God. I like to call more as the creator uh, because the, the word God has connotations for a lot of people that turn them off. Uh, uh, is, in my view, the way I look at it, nothing, no thing can exist outside of the mind and the being of the creator. So if everything is the creator, who am I to judge that there's some, the creator, that there's something wrong or right? Well, that's a very, very interesting point. Uh, now, it's important to, to point out about that point that for most of humanity, for most institutions, government, religious, even some spiritual institutions, these institutions exist by classifying things as good or bad. In other words, the enemy of today in one country might be the friend 10 years later. So it's very hard for, for human beings to separate what's real and what's not in the sense of what's being put out into the universe to control other people and what's really put in, being put out to benefit mankind. Isn't that an interesting distinction that people should start looking for? Yes, because uh, uh, once you label something, uh, then there is another side. There is a right and there is a wrong. But that's very human third-dimensional concepts. Uh, in our spiritual bodies where we know our oneness to the universe and there is no right, there is no wrong, because there is only oneness. And that's the difference uh, of one, a spirit takes up the body with the limitations of the senses that seems to be you and I, uh, and that other person and that other person, disbelief and that belief, but those are only third-dimensional uh, realities. But in the spiritual 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, and up to the 12th dimension, there is only one reality. So just to recap a bit, linking it up to the topic of tonight's conversation, one way to increase everyday consciousness for our, for our audience would be to start and try to look at things from other than a purely third-dimensional reality. And that's a, large, that's a big undertaking. But some of the things we've just been talking about in the last 15 minutes or so will help people, will help everyone listening to get on board that train, if that's the train they want to get on, right? But that will sure. really help everybody, yeah. Well, it's all about, you know, and everybody goes through things. But when I, when I take anything, that any situation uh, that arises in my day, and believe me, I have a lot of them, like everybody does, I have a lot of them with friends, family, uh, uh, workers, coworkers. You mean there is a lot of situations. But when you take any of these uh, human uh, situations and you drop it into what I call the uh, – the dissolving uh, uh, mechanism of spirit, it dissolves into the nothingness. Okay, let's, let's uh, expand upon that notion because that might be a foreign concept for a lot of our listeners. Explain to me, if you can, in a little bit more detail, how dissolving it into the nothingness makes almost any problem disappear as a problem. Okay. Uh, I, I think that the most important, the, the, the first point to start is when it's time to leave the body. Uh, in, in, in the human concept, we call it dying, okay? But it's only a, the fact that nothing really dies. It's just transfer the energy, okay? But let's call it this. When a person leaves the body, transitions from the human to the spiritual world, okay, uh, it leaves everything behind. So, I've gotten to the point that I no longer worry about the things that I'm going to leave. So things that happen in my daily life today have no power over me. It's not going to take away my peace, and I don't allow it to take away my joy because I okay. know that it's transient. It's like the point of time from the moment that you woke up this morning and now. It doesn't exist. It's gone. 
And so it is when we leave our body and transition into the spiritual world, we, it no longer exists. But we will have the memory, but the memory that we can reconstruct in our uh, spiritual imagination, spiritual thinking, spiritual reality. So when any situation arises and you can then get into the consciousness of knowing this has no power, this is transition, this is something that will pass, and so I am not going to allow it. I'm not going to give it my power, my peace, my joy by letting it bother me. So when you talk about uh, not worrying about the things you will leave behind, I just want to clarify this point because I think it's crucial to this concept of allowing things to dissolve into nothingness. You're really talking about pretty much everything that people are attached to and everyone. Am I correct about that? That Absolutely. So basically, you can you give us an example of something that that you that you um that you won't leave behind that you think is worth worrying about? No, there's nothing that is worth uh, worrying about because the only thing that we're going to take is the experience. So if you can turn every experience and not judge it by right or wrong and say, oh, my God, let's say that you got into an accident and say, oh, my God, look at this, ruined my day. No, this is an experience, and it doesn't last. It has no permanence, and when you leave your body, it's even going to be further away than when that moment that you had that uh, experience of the accident. Okay. So why do you think for most people living on this planet that these events, these things, have such a hold on people? It, what would be your explanation for that, and how can people move away from that grasp that it has on you? Well, I think that the most important thing for me has been the transition, internal transition of my sense of self. Uh, for the longest, most of my uh, uh, life, I, I consider myself a human, and there's a, a spiritual world and a God out there somewhere judging me and taking notes of other things that I do right and wrong. Until I came to the realization that there is only one, and that is what you can call it the creator, expressing itself through the multiplicity that everything else is. And everything else that is, is transient it's, it, and it's changing. And it, in the third dimension, nothing has any permanence. Nothing lasts. Interesting. So and I think that of- the key is, I think that the key is to come to understand and come to know and come to accept our true real, our true essence of who and what we are. And that I like to explain it like we are all infinite spiritual beings having this transient uh, experience in a vehicle called a body. And that body has limitations of the five senses. Right. You know, uh, along the lines of the question I just asked you, I think it would be productive to introduce another concept to the audience now, which I think accounts for why people are so gripped by their attachments, and that would be the collective consciousness. So let's talk a little about how the collective consciousness affects everyday consciousness for people and what people can do to loosen the grip of the whatever collective consciousness exists where they live. Well, the collective consciousness is uh, uh, masses of people having a certain belief uh, of a reality. And uh, imagine, let's say, a hundred million people think that something is some way. They're all having putting their creative energy. Because uh, the mind is, in my opinion, is nothing more than the steering wheel for the creator's energy. I don't, of myself, have any power over anything. The only real power that I have is over my thinking. And so a lot of people are being affected uh, collectively by something that happens in the border of the United States, something that happens 
in Israel, something that happens in Africa, something that happens in Russia, in Syria, you name it, they are affected by that. And that's a collective group of people because they have a certain belief, okay, that first of all, they believe that they're a human being and uh, they have no reality of them experiencing internally that they are much more than the body. They are much more than this experience. And once the individual starts to get attuned to, in touch with their inner spiritual being, they'll be able to start to move away from these collective thought forms, if you will. And and let me remind the audience that what John is suggesting here is a process and everyone proceeds at their own pace. Right, John? So it's not yeah. something that has any time limit. It can happen in a second for some people and it can take a lifetime for others. But I think it's really important to talk about the grip that the collective consciousness has, especially these days where people seem to have their faces stuck in their smartphones, no matter what they're doing. Uh, you know, they're being subjected to, that consciousness more and more than they were ever before. Well, now we are uh, bombarded by multiple uh, uh, wavelengths. We have the uh, texting, we have the smartphone, we have the billboards, we have the internet uh, with all everybody bombarding everybody else with advertising messages and everything. And, uh, if you keep yourself in the third dimensional reality, all of those things affect you. Once you start stepping out of this third uh, dimension reality and start moving into your essence of a spiritual being, less and less of these uh, outer uh, third dimensional experience or situations start to get up, they start to lose their grip on you. It's almost like having a space between what is the outer world and I. Right, and this is especially important in these times because as part, one of the belief systems in the collective consciousness today is basically no boundaries. You know, people who work in companies and with other people, Uh, are expected to be on call almost 24 hours a day to answer emails and texts about work beyond the nine to five, uh, you know, time frame. So especially now when there are no boundaries, one has to look at the situation that one is in and really tailor make it so that you can preserve that distance that you're talking about. So you can have some objectivity to these events and not get caught up and a totally third-dimensional experience, no matter what the individual factors are going on in your life. And this is not an easy thing to do, by the way. Uh, But I'm suggesting, and I think John would agree with me, that it's a very worthwhile thing to try and attempt today, because otherwise you become completely controlled by the collective consciousness, and you're whacked around like a golf ball. Yes, and uh, and not only that, but uh, your daily life's experiences all take uh, hold of you and control you completely. And that's where all, you know, the Buddha would say, Maya, you know, uh, pain and suffering is attachment. And what did he mean by that? Is by uh, uh, aligning yourself, okay, with what is happening here in the third dimension. And that, you know, the car crash, the, 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 the person that passed and transitioned to their spiritual body, the person in, in, in the third dimensional speaking, the, the person that died, all of these things, we allow them because we are attached in the five senses of the human vehicle. And so the, the more that you get into the other spiritual senses that we all have, that it, very few people develop because very few people know, very few people are aware of, or very few people have the time to really get into 
uh, developing their spiritual senses. Uh, but the more that you work on the spiritual, knowing your spiritual self, the less and less that you are attached, affected by outer situations. And once again, let me remind everyone listening that this is a process and it doesn't have to happen in one second by snapping your fingers, although it could. Uh, you know, there's no, there's no limitation one way or another as to how much time it takes to get to that point that John is talking about. But I think what John is suggesting here, and I totally agree, is that the benefits of, of getting aboard that train about embarking on that process are invaluable today where the collective consciousness is really trying to get a grip on every aspect of your life, and not just from nine to five, pretty much 24 hours a day. And, you know, you know, John, you and I have talked about the issue of control, uh, how institutions, uh, without naming any institutions in particular and governments, are all about controlling the population uh, by selling the population things it doesn't really need, by making the population afraid, uh, by creating these ideas that things are so terrible. One only need look to the current political campaign, and I'm, I'm not really up on every aspect of it. I don't follow it in any great detail. But, you know, just reading some article that I did last week on the Internet to see how some of Donald Trump's followers view the world as being completely out of whack, everything is wrong, we're in a bad place. And this is a perfect example of the power of the collective consciousness to control people. Without commenting on whether any of those particular events might have any validity, it really shows how the collective consciousness can make the population afraid. And no matter what your political persuasion of anyone listening, I think it's pretty fair to state that nobody wants to live in a state of fear while they're on this planet. And anything that contributes to making people afraid, from my point of view, and I'll ask your opinion on this, John, I don't think it could be a good thing, uh, right? If uh, any, any, any institution, anybody is just really on a mission to make everybody afraid and hate other people, that can't end well. Well, uh, you know, uh, the thing that uh, fear is used as a manipulation tool uh, for government institutions to get masses of people to do what they want, which is the hidden agenda, you know, uh, behind what they, they, they put out the fear, people get all worked up over it, and then all of a sudden they vote or they, they make a decision which re- is really the underlying uh, motivation of that institution or government that uh, they want to manipulate a, the, the collective vote or the collective uh, agreement of people. And fear is one of the most powerful tools. But fear is only, can only be used to a human. There is no fear in the spiritual realm. It doesn't exist because at that point, that level, you are one with the universe. So there is no separation. There is no you and I. There is no that and me. It's all perfect. Right. And now, how, now we can see, just by what you said, John, how far the collective consciousness has gone in the direction of creating the illusion that things are so far from perfect, that everything is wrong, that this needs to be fixed, that that needs to be fixed. And in, reality, and in reality, nothing needs to be fixed because everything is exactly the way it should be because before the spirit takes on a body, it takes on a certain goals to achieve and experiences to experience. And because in, from the spiritual standpoint, you know that this, is, this uh, uh, human experience is only passing transient and it's, only to exp- it's almost like going on stage. Key is to go on stage, play your part, and then be able to 
come off the stage, go back to the audience, sit on your seat, and watch it. And that is the non-attachment. That is the, the spaciousness between the human experience and the spiritual reality. And each and everybody can do that because each and everybody is a spiritual being. Now, like you said, everybody is on their own path to this oneness that I call. Everybody is on perfectly for them. There is no right. There is no wrong. I'm not better than anybody. Nobody's better than I am. I just chose to come to know and understand the spiritual side of me. Right. Now, getting back to the topic of today's episode, I think uh, just to sum up a bit, one thing in addition to what we've already discussed that the audience can take away is Another way to increase everyday consciousness is to stop judging everybody and everything as good or bad. Wouldn't you agree with that, John? Yes. The judging, uh, because once you judge or label, you have attached your five senses, your spiritual, your, your human experience to that perception, that judgment. So you're part there. It's like the belief. Whatever you believe... That is your operating system. That, a belief is almost like a computer program or an app that you, uh, that you uh, download and you put into your a new operating system. And that belief is working inside of your subconscious until the point that you say, up until today, you bring it up, you look it at it, and you say, you're not gonna, you, doesn't, you don't serve me anymore. You let it go, and then you can embrace a new belief system or, if you want to call in the computer, a new app or a new operating system. Right. And it could take a great deal of personal courage to drop some of these well-ingrained belief systems that are basically being supported by everyone around you and by the media. So what we're suggesting to the audience uh, might be difficult to some and might not, but it involves having a lot of core strength and being able to gradually reduce your dependence on these ideas, even if everyone around you believes them, they may not be true. And I think that, you know, John, you and I have discussed this at, at great length um, privately, that this is a very difficult step for a lot of people to go into the unknown in this particular area and start to believe things that are not being reinforced by everyone around them. Why is that so hard for humans to do, do you think? Well, because uh, it's almost like uh, you have uh, – uh, I, I, you're born, and let me just give you this uh, visual thing. You're born and you're given a basket. That basket is your name. And start filling that basket since you were born with the me, mine, me, me, this, I, this, mine. And you start filling that little story of me. And that story of me are only beliefs and concepts that have no uh, reality and that has everything to do with the material world that you're going to leave behind. So the key is to undo all the little stories of me. It's like I like to say to um, a lot of people that I work with is taking the DVD burner, taking the CD uh, burner, taking all of your DVDs and all the CDs related to your life, you know, to the people and all these conversations and destroying them, getting rid of them, throwing them out and be empty. Empty of stories, empty of beliefs, empty and just stay in this infinite moment of now and experience this moment of now to the fullest. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. <clears throat> and just uh, adding to that, basically another way of describing what, what John just said, what I like to say is um, don't be attached 
to your so-called life history. And one way, getting back to the topic of tonight's episode on giving people some concrete um, aids to this effect on increasing everyday consciousness, I'm going to throw something out which might be very radical to a lot of people listening, but here goes. Uh, one way to achieve uh, lesser dependence on your so-called life history is in your conversations, try not to go back and discuss anything that happened more than two weeks ago. And this is the first step towards not living in the past. You know, you could gradually tighten that two weeks to a week or just a few days, but that will help you get less addicted to the things that happened years ago that very often people think define them for the rest of their life. And very often it defines them in a very negative way and they can't let go of it. So, so that's a, a, a definite uh, tip for our audience, something to help them in being less rooted in the past and more focused on just the moment that we're in right now. Uh, I know that since I started doing this, and I tried for the last couple of years to not talk about things that happened more than two weeks ago, it has definitely helped me to live in the present moment. Definitely helped me to not feel so bound by what may have happened, both tragic and fantastic, in the past. And it's a gradual process to do that because for most people that you're going to meet in the course of your day, in everyday conversation, in everyday consciousness, people tell you stories about what happened to them, to their parents, to their grandparents, with the intent that this actually is so defining of their experience right now. But I think what John and I are suggesting is that not only does it not define the present moment experience that you're having, but it prevents you from having a present moment experience because everything is being looked at through a prism of past lives. So it's a, it's a very interesting shift when you're able to not reference the past as much as you did. And you're going to begin to notice that in the course of conversations with people, how much people are are rooted in past. Don't you agree, John, with that? Absolutely. Uh, one of the most uh, uh, telling uh, shifts in my consciousness was when I finally started uh, and I came to understand that I am not my thinking. Uh, the being, the spiritual being, can in fact look and watch what John is thinking. And when I started to do that about uh, 15 years ago, it then started to create a spaciousness between John, the vehicle, the components of the thinking, the emotions, and me, the true essence that is powering and having this experience, and then the outer world and me. And that's where I'm, uh, I was referencing before anything that happens, uh, you know, dropping it into the spiritual realm is anything that happens, I'm aware that I am, that is not me. That, it has nothing to do with the true me. It has to do maybe with John. But John and that out of experience is transient. It doesn't have any permanence. Because when I walk out of this body called John, I'm still going to be me. Right. The watcher of my thoughts, if you will. Right. And, John, let me just say that at this point that for a lot of people listening, this too may be a radical notion that there is a separation between you, John, the body and the emotions and the spiritual essence, which is you. So this is another concept that people may want to think about, toss around with themselves. But the concept works in terms of creating a certain spaciousness, as you said, a certain detachment from whatever events you find yourself in in the course of every day. And since today's episode is focused on increasing everyday consciousness. It's a very interesting point for our viewers to think about over the next week and to just sort of contemplate on the difference between themselves, their ego, their background, their conditioning, all the things they thought they are, doctor, lawyer, Indian chief, whatever, and their true spiritual essence, which are two separate 
things. So that's another way to help increase your consciousness on a daily basis. And to give you that spaciousness or detachment, if you will, that only increases your efficiency and enjoyment of every moment in your life. And I think it's really important to talk about the notion of detachment here. It's very similar to what you're calling spaciousness, John. Uh, yeah. You know, and I think that everyone listening can appreciate that even in personal relationships, when somebody is desperate, and we've all been there where we've either been in a relationship with someone who's desperate or we ourselves have been temporarily you know, emotionally very revved up about somebody or something, everyone can look back on those experiences and see how ineffective the energy of desperation is. And and the reason is about what we're talking about right now. It is the opposite of detachment. It is the opposite of, being, of creating a consciousness of spaciousness. So when you're so attached to any particular result, that energy is going to drive the result you want away, cause a lot of unpleasantness and unhappiness. As the Buddha himself is reputed to have said, that attachment is the cause of most man's suffering. So I agree totally with that concept, and I recognize that for a lot of people in our society, especially today, with the collective consciousness being one of acquisition and control, it's very difficult to navigate that road to experience the material world in a way in which you want to, yet remain detached and have spaciousness in your life. So it's a challenge to everyone, including myself. I struggle with that, with, with that particular issue every day, and I'm working on that to make it a better and more effective process for myself. But from my point of view, and I think you would agree, John, too, it's certainly worth the effort to be in the audience and watch rather than get pulled up on stage and be part of the chaos that a lot of people are seem hell-bent on creating in every situation. Well, uh, you know, Infinite joy and peace is our true reality in the spiritual world. So the key is to connect with that and bring that reality down to this third dimension. And once the individual is able to do that, then life becomes joyful, peaceful, because the individual understands and knows from within the gut, the, the heart center, that this outer world is transient. It has no permanence. We're only here for a blink of an eye in eternity. And so why are we going to allow? It's like we, wear, we have worn bodies like we were garments the same way. But we forgot because in order to have this separate and unique experience with all of the things that we have uh, come to, to know and understand, we have to forget everything else because we couldn't be, imagine if, if everybody had to remember to breathe, remember for the heart to pump the blood, for the kidneys and everything to work. We couldn't be able to have any experience. We, ha- we would have to be focused on everything of the mechanics of the vehicle called the body. But it doesn't, doesn't so because that is part of the mechanism that is in place so that we can have this third-dimensional human experience. And what an experience it can be. Well, it's, it's all, it can be a very painful, suffering, full of experience, or it can be a very joyful, peaceful experience. And I'm saying that in, it doesn't matter what is happening in the outer world. And uh, there's, uh, I don't know, some people, but I never have a bad day. I could have a human third dimensional moment. But when that moment is very shortly lived and I let it go and then it disappears and it's gone. So 
my uh, third dimensional experiences today are very short lived. I'm talking about nano moments. And so when you can get to that place, everybody can have, you know, what they call heaven on earth. Because everybody is that core spiritual essence. Very few people understand, are taught, accept, and focus on this part of themselves. Most people are trying to live the world from the human intellectual vantage point with the intellectual uh, tools. And what I have done is learn to live my life from my spiritual senses and my spiritual tools, which is totally the opposite of what the, the, the human collective consciousness is all about. Right. You are living from the inside out rather than being controlled by the illusion of things and the external reality, which is the third dimension. Exactly. And if I can do it, everybody can do it because I am exactly the, the essence that everybody else is, except I have turned my focus from the without to the within. Why do you think it's so hard for people to make that switch, to get out from under the effect of what, um, what so many people consider to be third-dimensional reality? Why is it so difficult to switch to the other gear? Well, uh, if you look at, uh, you have to see uh, in the uh, family that you're born into, uh, the belief systems of your parents, the belief systems of your uh, teachers, the belief systems of your mate, the belief systems of everybody around you. And once you accept the belief system, that is your operating system. So until you say within... I, I, I'm not going to live this way anymore. And you're able to take that belief system and take it out of the computer and dump it and then bring in a new belief system and plug it in. You're going to be operating with the old system. It's like you have to do an upgrade. You have to do an upgrade in belief systems. And that is, I think, the key to changing that. And only the individual, only the individual has that key to open that door. It cannot be forced from the outside. Right. Well, it's, uh, it's really um, something to aspire to and to listen to you, John, and from my limited experience with this process, I would say it's worth the effort that is really required to get to this point uh, because to live and be whacked around by the third dimensional reality is from my point of view to live in perpetual chaos to live from one crisis to another and when you begin to realize that these so-called crises are really not crises at all that's just the collective consciousness way of, you know, um, putting them in a category and to make people hate one another and to control you and your thoughts. Once you can see that connection, I think there's more motivation for you to switch belief systems. So I think it's important for people to reflect upon whether they feel good about the way things are being portrayed to them in this world you know, for people to reflect on, hey, how come the enemy that we have today in the United States might have been our ally 10 years ago? What does that really say about whether there is any enemy at all? You know, and certainly, if one comes to the point, as you have, John, in realizing that we're all one, how could you hate anybody? How could you want to kill anybody? It would, it's almost akin to killing yourself or doing damage to yourself when you damage somebody else. But this is a very evolved way of looking at other human beings, other cultures, and other countries. In the third dimensional reality, there are very well-defined enemies and approved groups of people that you can hate. And this is what gets a grip on people. 
So until you're ready to let go of all of that, you're going to be stuck. And you're going to be controlled by all these things that are being sort of thrust upon you. So the place that you've gotten to, John, is is a very, very special place, and it requires a lot of effort. And I think it requires constant vigilance to stay in that place as well. Because as human beings operating in society, after all, there are very few people who live up in a mountain like a Zen Buddhist monk and don't interact with the world. Very few people have the desire or the luxury to do that today. So for almost all of us, we're interacting in a third-dimensional reality. And even if you achieve the consciousness that, John, you're talking about, there will be people who will always be trying to pull you back to a third-dimensional view of reality to make you afraid of the things that they're afraid of. So it's a very interesting well, as process. Long, as long as you... As long as uh, uh, the the spirit is in a human form, there's the propensity to have these kinds of things happen. But the key is to be able to step out of it when, after it happens or when it happens, and to know I'm not going to give my power to this situation because this situation is transient and I am permanent, the being, the spiritual being that I am. So, why should I get uh, fearful? Why should I get uh, 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 mad? Why should I? And I'm not saying that it doesn't happen because sometimes it happens to me as well. But the moments is very short, very, very short. I'm saying about moments, uh, seconds or minutes, not days or months or weeks or anything like it used to be before I started on this path of awakening. Well, I think for a lot of people, as it is for you and me, John, it's a path, it's a process, and everyone's in a different place. And I think it's really important to point out to the audience, if some of these concepts seem obscure or even threatening to you, don't worry about that because... As as I think you mentioned earlier, and I totally agree with this, everybody is exactly where they should be in their process. Everyone is perfect in their own way. So for anyone listening to this stuff about collective consciousness, control, spaciousness, uh, detachment, being in the audience, don't worry if this stuff threatens you because you're perfect exactly where you are. If any of this stuff interests you and you want to pursue it, so be it, if it resonates with you. But remember that you are perfect exactly as you are. Uh, What John and I are talking about today is just the first step to helping you every day deal with the incredible bombardment that every one of us faces today, electronically, socially, Work-wise, the demands have never been greater on our time, on our nervous system, on our spirituality. And all this does is create a tremendous challenge for us to remain in a very peaceful place and to enjoy the moments of our life. And what I think John and I are suggesting is that that's really all that we have, are the moments of our life, this very moment, to make the most of it. So, John, as this episode comes to a close, and I can't believe that it's almost an hour that we've been speaking, but time always rushes by when you and I talk, I hope that we've given the audience some tips to increase their consciousness on a daily basis. I hope we haven't threatened anybody too much with some of these ideas, and hopefully we'll be getting into these ideas a little deeper in the next two weeks to come. Do you have anything to add before the episode ends, John? No. uh, uh, The thing is that everybody has access to this knowledge, to this uh, way of living, and the way to uh, get in touch with it is going within themselves. I think that's a very... um, sitting place to end this episode. Uh, I want to thank everyone listening today. I want to thank John for 
kicking off this uh, first in a series of three. And uh, I look forward to our uh, talks in the next few weeks. John, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Robert, for inviting me on. My pleasure, John. As always, I want to wish everybody a good evening and good night. Thank you for listening. Bye.